Welcome back to Film Posers for Boricuas, ranting, raving, and reviewing cinema. Today, we'll be talking about the start of Latinx Heritage Month, and our moderator will be me, Josie. (laughs) (laughs) The one and only Josie. So, to start us off, I just wanted to talk a bit about what exactly is Latinx Heritage Month because we tend to celebrate it and we don't often talk about what exactly like what the weight of the month is and what it means and I have seen it more going around this year where people are actually talking about specifically from the census and why this month has so much value and why it came to be and why we celebrate it because it's always nice to know why we celebrate things, except for in Puerto Rico and probably other cultures where every day is a party. Yeah. <laughs> like, she, he lost a tooth. Let's throw a party. Where's the rum? <laughs> <laughs> That's Puerto Rico in a nutshell. <laughs> but going back to Hispanic Heritage Month, um, it was originally only a week-long celebration. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, two decades after lawmakers expanded it to a month-long celebration ranging from September 15th to October 15th. September 15th is said to be historically significant because it marks the anniversary of independence of five Latin American countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Hispanics make up 18.5% of the U.S. total population, making it the second largest ethnic group in the United States, the population total would be 60.6 million people, which is a lot, which also influences, like, the cinema and the audiences going to consume the movies in the theater. So we are actually very important when it comes to film and television, despite Hollywood often erasing us from the narrative, be it in front of the camera or outside of the camera, by canceling our shows or not properly telling our stories. Now, to start us off, I just wanted to ask, what does Latinx Heritage Month mean to the posers? I see this month as a way of recognizing our contributions and our influence on the history and culture and our achievements. It's also pride for being Latinx very much, wearing that on your shoulder every day and you know, taking that as a badge of honor and pushing for more because we're always wanting more. What does it mean to you, Anna? It means to recognize the positive impact that Latinos have in history and in culture per se. And yeah, it's a way of celebrating it throughout the whole month. I feel like it's a month where we get to recognize and be vocal like hey we're here because we are often ignored you know a lot of people like to say that oh no you're not latinx for xyz reason or whatever they want to say and i feel like this is the month where you know we get to be proud of our heritage and of who we are and recognize that it's important and that we shouldn't deny who we are because i feel that that's a struggle that a lot of a lot of Latinxes face because they sometimes feel that they have to deny their heritage because of how you know things are for 
Thrive Nexus, and this is the month where we get to celebrate that and be and say no. This is who we are. This is where I'm from. This is where my family is from, and I'm proud of it. And I'm not ashamed to be who I am. And also, as a Puerto Rican, you know, we always we just need a simple excuse to pull out the ramen party. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we ha- we have an entire month to celebrate as go us, but obviously not right now because COVID. So, we're not gonna throw a party right now. But a party on Zoom while we drink? Yes. <laughs> we should do that. The thing for me is that I often find myself celebrating Latinidad year-round. But the reason I like Latinx Heritage Month and the reason I get excited is because it feels like a time that maybe people have to listen to us. Like when we say mm-hmm. something, they have to listen. If we speak up about something, they have to listen. Like it's a moment that we don't feel as erased as we usually do. So that's what I like about Latinx Heritage Month in addition to everything we've said. I also wanted to ask something that you kind of brought it up during your answer, Gabriela, is that as a follow-up question to that, in any particular order you guys can answer, what does it mean to you as a Puerto Rican this month and these celebrations because oftentimes Latinx Heritage Month focuses on the mainland United States and how the heritage there is celebrated I never really started like we probably celebrated it in school or mentioned it like we mentioned it but we probably didn't celebrate it it's not until now that I've actively been doing things and supporting people and like actually planning like things on blogs and Instagram like to actively celebrate and like show people like yes yeah, soy Latina and I love being Latina <laughs> usually I, I don't see that as much in Puerto Rico so why do you think that is here's the thing I didn't know that Latinx Heritage Month existed until last year mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. I had no idea that was a thing and I think it it mostly stems from you know how you know the Puerto Rican identity we're American citizens and you know a lot of the time people here try to assimilate to the United States like not all of them but some people do and the government clearly wants us to assimilate to the United States they're pushing for statehood when that's Mm -hmm. not what we want in order to assimilate to the United States, there are things that we have to let go. And that is, you know, the Puerto Rican identity because we have the American passport. So anyone can say that we're American because that's what our passports say. say. So everyone, some people say we're Americans, we're not Puerto Ricans. But I, I'm not that way I say I'm Puerto Rican. And I feel that it's that, wanting to assimilate to the American culture, wanting to fit in so we, we don't celebrate our heritage. And we tend to celebrate a lot of American holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like, people here celebrate the 4th of July. Come on, why? Oh, that's just an excuse for them to throw firecrackers everywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> why? And, and they added a new holiday that's literally celebrating that we have American citizenship. 
What in the world is that? Listen, Costco needs to move their firecrackers and their fireworks, which y'all should really stop buying because you know what? Think of your animals and their hearings. As someone who had an animal that go had the animals that went through that, it's not great. You honestly hurt them more than you think, and then they don't feel sorry. They're like, no, we were celebrating. It's like, great. Well, look at my dog cowering in fear because of your firecrackers, and you don't give a fuck. But, of course, you claim to also be independista, but you're celebrating 4th of July. Interesting. <laughs> the shade. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, yes. that, like, what Gabriela was saying, like, people often forget, yes, we do have U.S. citizenship, but that does not make us American. We're still Puerto Rican. I mean, mm-hmm. we're a territory. We're, we're a colony. We're not we're, a state. So you can't, we're like, colonized. stop calling us American. We can't vote. Yeah, um, in part I agree with Gabriela because if we look at our historic context, yes, we are colonized by the United States, and if we go to a erase our Latinidad, saying that we have the um, citizenship, but mm-hmm. at the same time, we are not Americans. We don't share the same costumes, even though, no. ironically, we do um, celebrate <laughs> some other days, like Fourth of July, some here even people celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Okay, I don't know why, but okay. Hey, deja de leerme. I want to drink. Hey, yeah. exactly. We just, we're just in it for the alcohol. I think we just celebrate the fact that in the government jobs, it's just free. It's just a free day. Yeah. yeah. We have no classes, so that's always nice. As from being here, when people from the state come to Puerto Rico, they also try to erase our Latinidad saying they gain mm-hmm. circumstances that, oh, can you speak English for me or like, yeah. oh, I don't like your attitude or something like that. And they find weird mm-hmm. our customs. But it also said I didn't know about our Heritage Month until recently. It's kind of like a big question that, yeah, how do we celebrate in here in Puerto Rico Heritage Month if most of us haven't actually heard of it? But we do tend to celebrate our heritage a lot because... <laughs> I mean, there's a Puerto Rican parade in New York, mm-hmm. so yeah. we yeah. get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aquí en Puerto Rico las navidades son las más largas, okay? Hey, yeah. <laughs> Christmas in Puerto Rico is the best. You start the and... day after Thanksgiving and you... No, you end... start on Thanksgiving. Well, I say a couple of hours just in case after Black Friday. But the point is, you start then and you end around the fourth week of January. Mm-hmm. Or you end sometimes in February. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think... Depende cuando, sea la, cuando termine la sunset. That's when Eso mismo. It ends when the sunset. <laughs> but I also find it interesting because at my school... Every time there would be, you know, a free day that's to celebrate the birth of a president, we would get, you know, we would have special assignments and be like, oh, like, we're going to celebrate the birth of Abraham Lincoln. So we're going to have an entire class dedicated to Abraham Lincoln. And it's like, but why can't schools do that for, you know, Latinx Heritage Month? I don't know if this was at your, if you had this at your school, but we would have here in Puerto Rico on the week of Thanksgiving and in the month of November on the 19th we celebrate you know we celebrate quote unquote celebrate the day we were colonized yes I have that 
And so that day in schools in Puerto Rico, it became a tradition that we have to throw a pageant. Oh, I didn't or, get you know, that. No? No. So in my school, it was a thing. It wasn't, it was either on that day, if it, if it, if that day ended up being like a Saturday or on the weekend, it would be that day. If not, it would be on the week of Thanksgiving. It would, we would call it La Puerto Ricanidad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We celebrated it too, but it wasn't a pageant. It was como a festival with games yeah. and stuff. No, we had, so at my school, it was that, you know, each grade had to put up a dance yeah. and, you know, it, there would be assigned a theme. Oh, yeah, we or had something. that too. Uh-huh. But that was what we did. Entonces, obviously, it's called Puerto Ricanidad, so naturally, it's supposed to be about, you know, Christmas here in Puerto Rico, our traditions and everything like that. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> we had to do it like the gringos did it. <laughs> it was La Puerto Ricanidad, but we had to sell, we had to do things related to the United States. And as a kid, I was like, okay, I don't have classes because I had to rehearse for this thing. And I vividly remember my dad saying, Esta es la Puerto Entonces se supone que sea Puerto Rico. ¿Por qué caramba están haciendo algo de Estados Unidos? Mm-hmm. So, basically, he said that this is supposed to be about Puerto Rico. Why is this about the United States? It doesn't make any sense. And I looked at him, and mind you, I was in like middle in elementary school, and I looked at him and I said, "But we do, but here in Puerto Rico we do the same thing every year. We have the same traditions every year." And he said, "No, there's a lot more to what we celebrate. We have a lot of history that's not being taught to you." Adding that, it feels that in our history classes they tend to normalize our situation our situation mm-hmm. and our how we are very colonized and they're like oh positive so i generally agree with what everyone's saying um in terms of what you said about school usually if it landed on like the 19th in my case they usually gave us that day off because it was the week of thanksgiving so they could give us like the mm-hmm. full week off before that again for me high school is like pretty much a days at this point like i can't remember details I basically remember what happened in college. And if I remember anything before that, well, God bless my mind. There was a night called Noche Puerto Riqueña at our school. Eso, yeah. Eso, 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 And we had, like, the kiosk con comida típica, and each grade yeah. would, like, have their own kiosk, and there were, like, yes. games and stuff. That yeah, was the one good it. thing. Los kioscos, they were always lit. La piña colada. Piña colada. Las empanadillas, <laughs> los pastelillos. No, los pinchos. Y los oh, pinchos. Yes. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> and, oh, no, the, yeah. the funniest experience for me was I was at, this I do remember from high school, I was at a Model United Nations con- convention. Mm-hmm. And a girl from Canada who was pretty attractive at the time. Until this question came out of her mouth. And then I was like, oh, it's kind of oh a deal God. breaker for me. <laughs> uh, she was, because she was like, oh, where it's stated from? I was like, no, I'm from Puerto Rico. I was like, where's that on a map? <gasps> oh, yeah. And I'm here, That's and I'm super here, like, common, though. 
Oh, no. And I was here, like, I was thinking that she was turning into Miss South Carolina, who was like, I think we should all have maps, especially in, like, <laughs> territories from South Africa. And I'm here, like, I'm getting that image in my head. And I'm here, like, how do I respond without sounding like an ass? Because any interest I had just left the room. I remember, now you say that my mom told me that when she was in college, she was in a class, and she and she opened the book that she had and there was like a world map in it and so she started looking at it to find Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico wasn't on the map yeah. and the professor was outraged and, I, and my mom told me that they had to they stopped using the book and everything yeah I mean I remember I, I always reference this because this is one of the parts where I generally got mad which was in high school it was US history And we were talking about the Spanish-American War between mm -hmm. the United States, Russia, Cuba, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah. You know, colonization of Puerto Rico by the United States. Yeah. <laughs> But here's the, here's the thing. We weren't mentioned at all. What? <laughs> and, like, the short section that talked about us was less than a sentence. And it didn't even mention us by name. It was like, oh, and then the United States acquired a couple islands. And it was like, What? Oh my god. No, but seriously, that really bothered me because the fact that we were in, like, it's one thing to be like, yeah, um, and then the United States acquired Puerto Rico. And it's like, okay, that's not how it went, but sure. But to be like, <laughs> oh, a couple islands, whatever. It went on a shopping spree. Um, wait, I want to go back to the language barrier for a moment. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we talk about how they say, oh, but your English is so perfect, but what about. When they say, oh, your English is kind of bad. <laughs> Can you, like, speak a little bit better? Oh, yeah. Which, honestly, it, it really annoys me when <laughs> it, they tend to do that. It always annoys me, especially because there are so many layers to this. Because there are mm -hmm. different Latinos that know different levels of English and mm -hmm. Spanish. And some people mm -hmm. only know one language. And that's totally okay. Like, knowing a specific language does not define your Latinidad. Mm -hmm. Mic drop. What bothers me is that I I remember when I moved to the South for these past few years, I was always prepared for someone to say something because that's all I knew about the United States. And no one ever did. I always had the perfect response, even before I moved over there, because I, I, I wanted to be ready. <laughs> and the thing is that, like, the United States, due to its size and everything, they do not have an official language. So for someone to tell you, that you need to speak English because this is America. Yeah. Number one, you are the United States of America. The United States of America is the country. America mm -hmm. is divided into the continent. So you're wrong there. Second of all, Boom. <laughs> by not having an official language, you have no right to tell someone what they should or should not speak. Do you know how many languages they speak in the United States? A lot. Mm -hmm. A lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those clearly is Spanish because we are the, like Latinos are the second ethnic min minority of the United States. Mm -hmm. But of course, they will try to erase us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this has happened to my dad multiple times because mm -hmm. my dad was working at the, in the United States in the South for a, for a while. Mm -hmm. And he told me that in his job, you know, he was on the phone talking to someone. And this person said, oh, I cannot understand you at all with your accent. Mm -hmm. And like, and, I... <laughs> yeah, you know, and the funny part was that when my dad showed up to the meeting, 
you know, my dad was in charge of that project. So mm-hmm. the guy who had cursed him out, you know, my dad was his boss. What? So I was shocked what? at this twist. I was having one and I saw that's this twist I, and I'm like, man. That's my favorite twist though. Like when you when you insult someone and they end up being your superior. Yeah, my dad showed up to that meeting and he saw the guy and he was like, All right, nice to meet you. Can you understand me now? <laughs> That's how I would have clapped back. If we have a chance to pull out the flag, we will pull it out. Yeah, and it's because fun fact: it used to be illegal for us yeah, to the gag show off our flag. Yeah, so that is why every time you see a Puerto Rican, there is always yes that that is a stereotype, but that happens to be true. <laughs> Puerto Ricans are very proud. Of you the- can, I, and I find it so funny how you know there were. In the Olympics and the World Cup, there was always a single Puerto Rican flag. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that always brings me joy because it's like, we truly are everywhere with that flag. Now, we'd like to take a moment to talk to you about our sponsor, Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. And we're back. Thank you for listening to our sponsor. Now, for the next part of this episode, I would like to ask the posers... What movie made you feel proud of your heritage? And if not, why? You know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, we here at Film Posers, we are very vocal about Latinx representation and to support Latinx creators, writers, actors, and everything, right? That being said, even though there has been, you know, a rise in Latinx content and, you know, characters that are Latinx, Latinx, there are very few or none that are Puerto Rican. And, you know, I can identify with Latinx characters, but it's not the same thing as to, you know, having a Puerto Rican character. If there is one out there, let me know. But I personally have not seen it. So that being said, even though there are a lot of films that I enjoy that have Latinx characters and are made by Latinx creatives, I don't have a film that has made me proud of my heritage because I've never seen one done by someone like me. So that being said, the one time I have felt felt proud of my heritage was in this movie called <laughs> Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. And it was in the one scene where Joe says, Puerto Rico, that was it. I was like, that's me. That's where I live. So the bar is very low. But there was this movie called Replicas, which was filmed here. And the movie, like the characters actually said that they were in Puerto Rico because what tends to happen is that when they film movies here, they say we're in another country. You know, Fast Five was filmed here and they said that we were Brazil. The last thing he wanted with Anne Hathaway was filmed here. They said we were Costa Rica. Um, yeah, that's, that happens. So that was the movie and it stars Keanu Reeves, which my brand, but no, that movie was filmed here and they actually say that they're Puerto Rico and there are actually Puerto Rican actors in it and all of the places that they go to, I recognize. So that was actually pretty cool. Like, Hey, this, I've been there. I've been there a lot. Hey, I know where that is. So that was cool, but you know, mm-hmm. still, like mm-hmm. the characters aren't Puerto Rican; they're 
you know, Americans and they're just here. So it's not the same thing. I just felt happy that I was seeing, you know, the place where I live actually being said, hey, this is Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I don't have that film. Like, I'm very proud that there are many Latinx creatives out there and I'm very happy. And, you know, it, it gives me hope that one day I can be where they are. But I don't have that one movie where I can say, like, hey, this movie made me proud that I'm Puerto Rican yet. So if it's not done, well, then I'll, I'll make it I one day. I kind of so. agree with Gabriela in the sense that I haven't found a film yeah. that I'm like, this made me proud. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I haven't really found it. There's nothing really that's screaming at me saying, look, this is you. Like, that hasn't happened for me yet. Um, yeah, I think we've mostly gotten that mm-hmm. recently from music instead of from movies. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And to ride the same wavelength as Gabriela, the first time I also heard of Puerto Rico mm-hmm. in any type of media was Princess Diaries 2. And the quote, exact, the exact quote is from Joe. It's The line is, if you hurt oh, my you girl, you will answer directly to Joe me. And whatever crimes I commit Joe against you, house. remember, I have diplomatic immunity in 46 countries, including Puerto Rico. <laughs> Look at us. Who would have thought? There we are. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> um, I love the Latinx creators are starting yes. to get their voices out there, the projects, even though we need to stop canceling some of these projects so we can have a future. Just saying. Yeah, I agree with mm. one in Gabriela. I also haven't found a movie that represents me because, yeah, we see like a lot of, well, we started to see a lot of Latino characters in TV and in film, but they're exactly not Puerto Rican. And if it's a Puerto Rican actor, they um, kind of erase their Puerto Rican Latin. They're like mm-hmm. Puerto Rican <laughs> and they put. Yeah, like one day at a time where the Puerto Rican actresses are mm-hmm. Cuban. Yeah. yeah. Or like in, they play other... Jane the Virgin, Baker and the Beauty, which was yeah. in Puerto Rico, but they said it as Miami. So we're Jane often, the Virgin. We're mm-hmm. often erased. <laughs> Just wanted to say earlier that in general, I think none of us have felt identified, have had a film that we felt identified with. But a film that I am proud of from my heritage and from our film history, El Agua Guaeria. Because it's one of, yeah, it's one of the few movies that movie. talks about our, it was it's written a- by us, for us, it's from the 90s, it's like, bien fiel, and a lot of what they talk about is still, like, I watched it last year, it still holds up. So it's a, it genuinely feels like a timeless classic. La Guaguaria is mandatory viewing for every kid here. We all watch it in school. It's mandatory. If you haven't seen La Guaguaria, you're not Puerto Rican. That's just tradition. I knew it. No. You've never seen La Guaguaria? Time to figure out which of the 50 states I've watched. Okay, one Puerto Rican car revolt. (laughs) Segwaying. That brings us to Puerto Rican cinema. Maybe we'll do another episode on it more extensively because I have a lot to talk about. Something I would like to talk about the film industry while we can here is that cinema started in Puerto Rico in 1898 when the U.S. invaded um, the island because they brought cameras with them. So that's how cinema made it onto the island. Now, we didn't start making our own films until 1912. Mm -hmm. 
it was growing at first it started as everything does like the same history we did not have sound then we had sound and eventually we got to 1989 where we had lo que le pasó a santiago which was nominated for best foreign film at the academy awards it was the first and only and the last mm -hmm. film to have ever been nominated by a Puerto, Puerto Rican director for Best Foreign Film from the Island. And that is because in 2011, AMPAS, or the Academy, announced they would no longer accept mm -hmm. submissions from U.S. territories. Yeah. What do we feel about that? Yep. Our movies are obviously made in Spanish. So technically, the way they, they, should qual they would qualify for the Academy Awards is for foreign language film. But we don't qualify for foreign language film because we're a U.S. territory. And also, since we are, yeah, we're U.S. territory, so that means that every production company and everything involved is from the United States. So it doesn't qualify. So since we're, it's going to be a non-English speaking film, it's going to be in Spanish, like we're not, we're not going to be able to get in through regular categories because that's how the academy is like if you want a foreign a foreign language film to be nominated for best picture it has to to go into foreign language film or international film that's the reality of it so i didn't even know this rule existed and now i'm even ups and now i'm upset about it yeah 2011 yeah. Yeah, I remember that it happened because Broche de Oro, that movie, was a success here. You know, it, it started a lot of, you know, Jacobo Morales, you know, a lot of well-respected actors here. And that film was a huge success. You know, it was loved by everyone. And so they wanted to submit it for the mm -hmm. Academy Awards. But that was around the same time that that law was approved, that that new rule was put in place. So it didn't qualify. Um, when it comes to like us getting nominated, it feels like uh, they're just erasing again our Latinidad, so we can able to qualify for the Oscars, and mm -hmm. that's kind of sad because there's been films in here in Puerto Rico are great that it could be qualified, okay? But we're not gonna talk about the comedy ones. No, we, we don't talk no. about we don't talk about that one. So it's kind of sad that the one award that people are mostly attentive mm -hmm. to, we can't get the recognition. Because at the end of the day, yeah. it's kind of sad that if when a movie from here wins an award in another country, they just don't talk about it. But if it's from the United States or like worthy, like no. Oscar worthy, It's all like all, all ears to it. And that's also a flaw of the industry here because mm -hmm. the, the films that are made here, you know, we have La Guaguaria, we have Lo que le pasó a Santiago, we have Broche de Oro, we have Extraterrestres, we had 200 Carta. Like those films were good. One of the few times where films are actually good, but the reality of the situation here sí. is that and we also the have majority of the films that are made and released here are really bad comedies. Which are both este Arimanel films que ha ganado oh, all gallo, yeah. awards, but obviously not in the United States. If mm -hmm. I have heard of most of them that I heard of, it's like in Europe or in, Sp in other countries, but not mm -hmm. in the United States. So, so I don't feel that he yeah. can get the enough recognition any other films too mm -hmm. it's 
frustrating because there is a lot of potential here. There's a lot of talent. There are so many great actors. But since, you know, our film industry isn't that great, there's not a lot of money in it. The films that get made are made by the same people who are able to also, like, yeah, who have connections and can fund the movie. Because Because what happens is that the comedies are made, you know, in part with the Dominican Republic. So a lot of the actors from the Dominican Republic that are well known there and we have like the same people that are well known here, they unite and are able to make those films and those are the ones that get released here. And obviously since a lot of those Dominican actors are known here, people will go watch them. You see how new people Mm -hmm. that want to get into the industry Mm -hmm. are leaving for the United States, or for South America, or for Europe. Yeah, because here, unless you want to work at the 57th installment of a certain franchise that's been going on for years, you're not going to be able to find something new. So, before we go, the posers would like to recommend to you, our lovely listeners, a couple of films by Puerto Rican directors that we think you should watch. Oh, my film is actually one that's called Doscientas Cartas. Dos And it was released. Yeah, Dos mm-hmm. And it was released. It was directed by Bruno Irisari. And it was actually the first comedy I had seen since La Guaguaeria. Mm-hmm. That I genuinely laughed. It was actually a really good comedy. And it stars Jaime Camil, Limano Miranda, Diana La Torres, Mayra Matos Perez, the late Luis Raul. You know, we had a, there had a lot of people and well-respected actors in it. Well respected Puerto Rican actors in it, and it was actually a really good comedy. I felt like it had a lot of heart, and you know, it, it was good comedy. You know, because I didn't want to see it based on my previous experience with mm-hmm. Puerto Rican comedy, so I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not sitting through another one of those again. But I ended up watching it with my family, and I was so pleasantly surprised, and it made me very happy that finally there was actually a good comedy here. Um, going with the line so that is my <laughs> of pick. comedy. So my pick, it's called I Am a Director, and it's directed by Javier Colón, and it's about after five years in Hollywood, California, the main character, Carlos, has to go back to Puerto Rico to make his first feature film. And it's a mockumentary. The thing is that, yes, in this episode, I think we already talked like a little bit about Puerto Rican comedy. But the thing is that we, when it comes to Puerto Rican comedy, it's not, it's not that good, okay? They, <laughs> they rely a lot in sex. You can say it, Anna. It's not good, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Racist. Yeah, it's very outdated slapstick. Uh-huh. Homophobia. Yeah. yeah. It's very outdated comedies. People still go there. There's still a niche. Yeah, for these, like those kind yeah. of movies. Like I swear. Uh-huh. I swear if I see another man wearing like yeah, a again, because man of the actors wearing a wig for comedy. I will riot. 
Puerto Rican local comedy be like? And it's frustrating to see, you know, these movies be able to be made when, you know, we know that mm-hmm. there's so much talent here that are able to make better exactly and so good going movies, back to my pick, not be able to make I them which is because it's so not frustrating. those type of comedies that rely on those type of jokes it's <laughs> it's kind of dumb humor but i it's they play it smart mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way that it's funny and i like it and the actor Carlos Machan he's very good at this mm-hmm. And I watched it recently this year, and it still holds up. It was released on 2013. So, it's a movie that not many people talk about, but it's actually hard to find online, sadly. But if you have the chance, please go watch I Am A Director. It is hilarious. So, I actually had a hard time with this picking a film because... um, when it comes to Puerto Rican cinema, I always feel like a fish out of water. Like, I don't feel I connect with it because I didn't begin to speak Spanish, like, conversationally until I entered my first semester of college because I was basically forced to adapt where in my high school I was, like, I could speak English perfectly, amazing. And then in college, I kind of had to, like, sink or swim. And I still, I've always felt like when it comes to the comedies, I've seen them as stereotypical as fuck when it comes to the racism, homophobia, everything we mentioned. And those always do well here, unfortunately, because the older audiences go and they laugh their asses off. You will always find them sold out. And it's like, no. But then when it comes to me, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to seeing, when I see a trailer in the theater, I always go like, that's great. That they're going to make it in terms of like, if the movie looks good. Yeah. But I have always felt insecure watching a film from here because I'm afraid I'm either going to miss out on something or not understand it. And then I'm going to feel awkward. And of course, I want to apoyar la local, obviously, especially when it's good local. But I always have had that insecurity watching a film from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and I'm going to get over it. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. grow from it. I have to. But... Yeah, I've always had that rooted in me um, because, uh, yeah, I've been very insecure talking Spanish. And, like, now I'm fine speaking Spanish, but when it comes to understanding it, I'm still working on it, you know? For my pick, I picked uh, the, from the director Miguel Arteta, who is from San Juan, Puerto Rico. And he made a movie called Youth in Revolt, which is, like, the first time I noticed a Puerto Rican director making a more a film that's being recognized by more Americans. I know it didn't do that well, but it's like, the first mm-hmm. time I was like, he's Puerto Rican. He's making a film that could do very well in the U.S. This is great. And Youth and Revolt stars Michael Sarah, and it's about, um, the film follows shy and lonely teenager Nick, desperate to lose his virginity, while on a trailer park holiday with his mother and her boyfriend, he meets an attractive girl and is immediately smitten. When the two are separated, Nick must learn how to rebel in order to be with the girl he loves. And I, I haven't seen the movie in, like, years, but that's the first time I was, like, again, like I said, the first time I see Puerto Rican director making a film like that, and I end up liking the film. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, there is a future for more Puerto Rican directors to make other films, to make better films, even, to, like, top themselves, as I always say. Always challenge yourself to raise the bar. That you're only as great as your last product, is what 
usually some people say for themselves. And that's the film I picked. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know if it holds up years later. But that's the film where I'm like, where I liked it. He also made um, Beatriz at Dinner with with Salma Hayek. And mm-hmm. this year he made Like a Boss with Tiffany Haddish, and, which Anna and I went to the premiere of mm-hmm. this month before COVID. Mm-hmm. And he does, he is starting to build a resume, which is great. You know, again, we like to see, we love to see people succeed. My, my Puerto Rican director and my Puerto Rican directed film that I chose is actually Bama Cousin, uh, which is Extraterrestres by Carla Cabina, which came out in 2016. It is a contemporary story and it is also a queer film. And it is a film about love, survival, and stars. I'm going to read the letterbox description because it encompasses it perfectly. Um, the Diaz are an influential family who control much of the poultry industry in the island. Ricadio is a family patriarch, an authoritative con- conservative man who rules over his family's destiny as he does over the chickens on his farm. Teresa, his eldest, left home during her college years to become an astrophysicist against her father's wishes. Now, after a seven-year absence, she returns home for a few weeks in order to reveal a secret long kept from her family, to invite them to her wedding with Daniela. But once back, her intentions turn to dust when she finds herself trapped in the family's old habits of lying. No one in the family is as they seem, nor are they willing to unveil their true selves. Within this world of half-truths, Teresa encounters Andres, her nephew, a boy with Asperger's syndrome, who shares her passion for the stars. So, it's very reminiscent of... Uh, the farewell but in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and instead of a relative dying from uh, cancer it is more about this mm-hmm. woman coming out to her very conservative Latino family I really loved that movie when I saw it I, I was, was surprised the first times that... that watching a film when I finished it I felt uh-huh. hope <laughs> for the industry and that was another one that I saw on a whim because, again, I had lost hope. That's all for today's episode. We'd like to thank you for listening and to give a shout out to all the kind people sending love our way. We can't wait to, ce- to continue celebrating Latinx Heritage Month with you. If you'd like to keep up with us, make sure to follow us at Film Posers on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook page, and currently on our YouTube channel where we are going to be doing reviews just for you. What else to say other than thank you for listening. And remember, we're all film posers. Bye. Bye. Bye.